Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. This is Lisa Welchel. Wow, Lisa. this is a great connection. It sounds like you're right here with us. Oh, good. I wish I were. I'm looking forward to being there. Life 107.1. Are you looking forward to it for reals? I mean, like, really? Because I was kind of one of those places that a lot of people are like, ah, is that somewhere in the middle? Well, here's the thing. So a few years ago, I was on the television show Survivor, and the winner of Survivor was Denise Stapley. And we actually, of course, we spent 39 days on an island together. You get pretty close, but I haven't really been able to see her lately. And she lives near Des Moines. She's going to be there. So I'm excited for a lot of reasons. Oh, goodness. That's so awesome. That's a lot of fun. Lisa, you have a really interesting grandma name. What's your grandma name? Coco Mama. <laughs> oh, please tell me how that happened. <laughs> I took my adult kids. We we backpacked across Europe and we stopped in Amsterdam and we stayed at a ho- at a hostel in Amsterdam ca- called Coco Mama. Okay. And uh, and we got lost and couldn't get back there. And so I kept saying we've got to get back to Coco Mama. And then my son-in-law <laughs> proposed to my daughter the next week, and I said, "Well, you don't have to call me." Mrs. Cobble anymore. You don't have to call me mom, but you know, I, you know, what do you want to call me? And he chose the name Coco Mama. <laughs> oh, that is great. <laughs> Goodness. Well, I love that. Now, your granddaughter that's there, does she call you that? Yes. Where's Coco Mama? Where's Coco Mama? <laughs> Coco Mama. She's giggling. That's great. <laughs> My parents just became grandparents for uh, my little brother recently, and they had to go through the whole conversation. They have a terrible sweet tooth, so they are now lolly and pops. Oh, I love it. Lolly and pops. It's that adorable. Is very cute. Isn't That's that adorable? And if you could see Taylor's parents, you would see how cute they are and how those names are perfect it's, for it's them. It's perfect, yeah. Well, and kids, they do kind of, the first one, too, gets to name it. So my husband's name is Pete, and so we tried Papa Pete, but... Apparently, Poppy is what's uh, oh, Poppy. so far. I like that. Coco Mama and Poppy. <laughs> That's yes. so cute. I love it. <laughs> You're coming to the Real Life Women's Conference to talk about real life. So can we ask you a question that we have asked our morning show listeners about real life? Do you ever vacuum underneath your sofa? I never vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> I've been employed since I was 12 years old, and I think at 13, I hired my first cleaning lady. I don't know how to clean any squatter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. I love no it. No vacuum. Yeah. They have robots for that now, exactly. actually. I mean, they do. They have those little... Robo cleaners. They do. And we did get one for a while, and we had been watching Leave It to Beaver with my stepson. And so I said, well, we should name it June because, you know, she does all the housework. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, my husband's quite the feminist. He said, we're not going to call the vacuum cleaner June as if that's woman's work. If anything, we'll call it Ward. So, <laughs> I like his attitude. Your RoboVac is named Ward? Yes, Ward that's, Cleaver. That's so good because we've asked that question oh, on yeah. the air, too. We've asked people what their RoboCleaner was called. Yeah, my parents named theirs Herbert because he's a Hoover. That's perfect. <laughs> Love it. Okay, well, Lisa, let, let's ask this. 
you're coming to the Real Life Women's Conference November 19th and 20th here in Des Moines at Wells Fargo Arena. That's really awesome. That is, it's awesome for a lot of reasons. It's good to be back out. It's good to be back with other women. And in, But also, I used to travel with Sheila Walsh and Nicole Nordeman and Aisha Woods oh, with cool. Women of Faith. And I've not been able to see them in years either. So this is personally a really exciting for me. I'm so looking forward to it for so many reasons. I'm glad. Why should we be looking forward to it? What are we going to hear in this Real, real Life Women's Conference that'll make us want to drop our real life and go listen? You know, I think that the main thing I love about women's events is that women, just by nature, we tend to give and we give and we give. But, you know, if we don't take time to fill up and refresh and mm. refuel, then we end up giving out of the dregs. And that's just is not good for anybody. <laughs> and so I think it's going to be inspiring. It's going to be fun. There's going to be great music. You know, every message is going to be great, but there's probably going to be one line in one message that really lands. And that's all that's really needed. Everything else, I think, is just a a matter of having a great time, which I think is underrated. And Mm. then you take that one nugget that you know that God's prepared your heart to hear and to use, and it it can be life-changing. But it's also okay just to get away and have fun with other women as well. Let's say, for example, Lisa, you have like two hours in your everyday routine real life that all of a sudden you find free. What do you do after you gasp and pick yourself up off the floor realizing that you have two hours? What's something that you do in real life? Well, I'm going to be brutally honest here. and It ain't particularly inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) So during the pandemic, my stepson and my two nephews started playing the video game Fortnite. And so I started playing so that I could, you know, just bond with them. You know, with girls, you can take them out to tea and talk. Boys, you got to do something side by side. Yeah. Um, so I took up the game Fortnite and um, I got addicted. I got downright addicted. So if I am finished with all my work, you will see me just hit my face in the screen, you know, killing a bunch of people. So anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. That's my really. <laughs> I think you just instantly became one of the most relatable human beings. That's awesome. Can you do the Fortnite dance? I've got so many dances. Yes, I've got so many dances. I, I love them. That's amazing. That's on silly dances. That is amazing, that is Lisa. Wonderful. That's hilarious. And I just love the fact that you purposely did something so that you could connect with your stepsons. Well, I've had a, I raised a son already and he's 31 and we took up golf when he was a youngster Mm. so that we could do something together. But I'm still trying to find ways to connect with him. I went over to his house last week and he got a new virtual reality game. And so I went right and he said, mom, if you get one, then no matter where you are, We can play or we can also there's a Zen garden game and you can just walk in the Zen garden and talk. And I thought, my goodness, I got home that night, ordered one, and uh, I'm now in the virtual reality game. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. Okay, you and Taylor can talk. Uh, yeah, we we got one, and it is like the, the most fun thing ever, mostly to get your friends over and watch them play from the outside. Oh, yeah, this is true. I did trip over quite a few things at my very first attempt. Well, Taylor punched a chair. Yeah, I, I punched a chair at one point. No big deal. That yeah. is fantastic. Lisa, you wrote a book about friendships and about how, especially for women, how hard it can be for us to make friends. I mean, 
I I thought yes. that. I remember in my 30s at one point falling down on my knees. I don't usually pray on my knees, but I literally fell down on my knees. And I said, God, I need friends. I don't have any. Could you please give me friends? It took him a while before he answered it. But now he's given me a group that I call a posse. What did you find when you wrote that book? What did you find that makes it so hard? You know, I mean, I think some people it comes naturally. One daughter, Haven, who has everybody thinks that she is their best friend and (laughs) just comes right naturally. And I have another daughter who still struggles. So I do think a lot of it is temperament. I think some of it might be also just whatever the phase of life. Like, for instance, in junior high, when I would have been typically learning how to navigate friendships, that's actually when I went to California to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. So I started working. And I think you have to learn how to navigate friendships. Mm. And if you move a lot or if you're really shy or if you've been bullied and so you kind of have to retreat and self-protect or if your home life is such that you don't, you haven't learned to feel confident enough to connect with other people, there's so many different reasons why it feels like if you miss that window of opportunity, hmm. you know, you think it's hard in junior high to navigate friendships. But trying to navigate them in your 30s and 40s, yeah, that can get downright embarrassing. That it's was what lonely. I found after uh, graduating from college. All of a sudden, I didn't have this group of people that I was always right next to. Mm-hmm. And I was I was in an apartment. Um, and you all of a sudden, you've got to like make an effort and you've got to reach reach out to people. It's a totally different rhythm. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons about friendship. But even now, I moved to Tennessee about five years ago because I was wanting to finish my last book. And also, I had a bunch of friends there. I had a community of friends. And then the pandemic hit shortly after that. But what I also learned is, you know, I'm the initiator. The truth is, 95% of the time, if I'm getting together with somebody, I've got to reach out and see if they want to get together. Yep. I don't know if why people don't reach out to me. I mean, I feel like, you know, if I were to sit around and wait for somebody to call me to go to lunch, I would just be on Fortnite 23 hours a day <laughs> rather than three. And so I, I think I've also kind of just come to terms with, um, at first I was kind of sad and took it personally that nobody would reach out to mm. me to you know make plans. But then after a while, it's like, okay, you know what? I want it. Uh, people just seem to be busy and maybe some people feel less inclined to take the initiative. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So I think I'm learning lessons even in my 50s about friendship. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell us something about real life Lisa Welchel that people might find really, really interesting. How about pets? Do you have pets? Oh, yes. We got a pandemic puppy. Oh, you did! um, Oh, perfect. You really did. did! We really did. And his name is Toby, and he is a little Zushan, what they call a teddy bear puppy. And he is adorable and he is also slightly neurotic we did have to put him on prozac so (laughs) some puppy prozac okay lisa welchel has a pandemic puppy on prozac (laughs) (laughs) yep that's that's the headline (laughs) and so how does um toby's neuroticism show itself well it shows itself by being very, very hyper-protective of me. So if anybody comes near me, and especially in a fast-moving way, he's the sweetest puppy in the world, but he will absolutely jump up from where he is and just make sure you know 
he is in charge of protecting me. And I'm sure he thinks he's terrifying. Oh, yes. Yes, he absolutely thinks he's terrifying. Until you give him uh, any kind of food, and then it's like, yeah, forget her. Where's that food? Give me some more of that. I like you. So is there anything when I or another one of our audience, when we walk away from the Real Life Women's Conference, which I am really looking forward to, I can't wait to hear you. I can't wait to hear the music. I can't wait to take a deep breath. (laughs) I'm just looking forward to that weekend to take a deep breath. What do you want us to walk away with? I'm going to be speaking two times and I'm going to be talking about um, friendship for one of them. And then the second one message I'm talking about is just my own personal growth uh, from being so grateful for the foundation of the law of God in my life. I know it's what kept me safe uh, Mm. as a child star and actually turn out not you know, just only slightly neurotic rather than full-blown neurotic. So I'm really grateful for the law of God. But I would say in my 40s, God really started wanting to teach me about grace, which I was reluctant because I like the rules. I don't want this loosey-goosey, you know, just follow, trust the love in my heart. I didn't trust myself. So God wanted to teach me about just freedom and rest and not being so worried about making a mistake so that I could live life more fully. Because if I, you know, I got it all right, terrific. There's blessing in that. And if I got it all wrong, then that's even a greater blessing in some ways, because that's when the intimacy and the understanding and the receiving of God's love can take hold. And so I'm really going to share a little bit about living without so much fear so that we can live with more freedom. I like that. I love that. I think sometimes people who are in the public eye are so afraid of making a mistake because we feel like we have to be perfect because of the pedestal that we either are on or we feel like we've been put on. But the fact is, is when when we do either make a mistake or bad things happen to us, that's when God really can shine through. Absolutely. And it's how we learn to be uh, grace-filled and without so much judgment of other people. When we mm. learn to accept and receive the forgiveness and grace and acceptance of God, then we can give it to ourselves. And when we can give it to ourselves, we can give it to other people. Otherwise, we tend to be as critical of others as we are of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I've found I tend to hold others to the same standards I hold myself to. Yep. So it starts with learning how to yeah. give grace to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Easy to say, hard to do, yeah. Lisa. <laughs> yes, this is true. It is definitely a, a lifelong uh, process. But the good news is the deeper I fall into grace, uh, the sweeter it is. So mm. it does get better and better. That's wonderful. I love that. Well, we are, I am really looking forward <clears throat> to November 19th yeah, and the 20th. I don't get to go. No, he's a boy, so he's not going to go. I know JJ's going to be you there. Know, but... I'm sure there's a, sure you could find a dress and a wig somewhere <laughs> yeah. and uh, <laughs> no one would notice. You're funny. I like you, Lisa. <laughs> oh, well, I've enjoyed this quite a bit. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. All Good. right. That's awesome. I can't wait for November 19th and 20th. Lisa, take care. Be safe. Enjoy Toby and the new grandbaby. Oh, you're so blessed. I agree. I agree. I'll bring pictures of the new grandbaby for my uh, to show everyone. I, I'm oh. sure that you will. You wouldn't be a grandma if you didn't. I'm sorry, Coco Mama. You wouldn't be a Coco Mama. You're right. <laughs> Take care, Lisa. Thank right. you. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.